I want you to think about, before we get started with this message, I want you to think about those times in your life when you have suffered or experienced difficulty, despair, anxiety, hurt, and I want you to think about how God has enabled you to come through those situations and not just come through them, but come forth in a way where you are a shining example of Jesus Christ before others. That's going to be the lesson today that we're going to look at uh, from a passage in Scripture. Think about those moments when you really were at your lowest and you didn't think you could go any lower, and yet you did go lower. And yet how you are now able to make a testimony. And I'm not going to assume that everybody in this room is having a great time right now. You may be going through a lot of difficulty right now. But I hope the message today will tell you that there is indeed hope. There is a place where God wants you to be. And one of the most important places he wants you to be is with him. Listening to his voice, listening to his words of encouragement. Amen? Father, we thank you for how you teach us through your word. How the words written from the page in the Bible are words of encouragement, are words that affirm your presence. We thank you for showing us through your word that you indeed never leave us. You never depart from us. You are always there, ready to welcome us with open arms, encouraging us with your word, strengthening us with your presence, preserving us with just being there for us. Thank you, Lord, for how we just want to worship and praise you for the fact that you've just never changed, that you always remain the same for us, no matter where we are, what we're doing. And for that reason, you deserve to be praised. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Think about those very things as we take a look at an individual in Scripture. We're going to look at the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth is a beautifully written short story of a family's love, devotion, and perseverance that overcomes hardship and despair. And the reason why they overcome that is because they remain faithful to God. Amen? The book of Ruth centers on three central characters, Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. All three of them in these passages demonstrate a very high moral character and are devoted to God. Now, we're going to focus today on one of these characters, and that's Naomi. Naomi is who we're going to talk about, and we're going to look at why Ruth followed Naomi 
as closely as she did. There was something about Naomi that was indeed special. Naomi is the first central character introduced in the book of Ruth as the story begins. And you're welcome to turn to that. We're not going to read every verse in that area. It's a very, very short chapter. It's a very wonderful read. And I do recommend that you read that uh, on your own time, uh, maybe even while you're on the bus today. Amen? Ruth, or pardon me, Naomi is married to Elimelech and travels from their home in Bethlehem along with her, their two sons, Malon and Chilion, to Moab in order to get out of Bethlehem and escape a famine in the land. There's no food. You need to go somewhere where you can get some food. Amen? In this story, and Solomon is attributed to be the writer of the book of Ruth, it's important to look at the names of the people involved as it will reveal to us a glimpse of the character or makeup of the individual. Naomi's husband, Elimelech, the name Elimelech means, my God is king. Amen? Naomi's name means pleasant. Of the two sons, Malon means sickly, while Chilion means weak or failing. Knowing these meanings of these names sets the tone for the beginning of the story and how this tragedy plays out. So from the story, after arriving in Moab, Elimelech dies. Their two sons, Malon and Chilion, both married Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. Both Malon and Chilion also died while they were in Moab. So Naomi now is a widow, and she has also lost her two sons. Only Orpah and Ruth remained with her in the family. Sadly, Elimelech's effort to avoid the famine in Israel ends in tragedy for the family. Naomi empty and broken, decides to return to Bethlehem. All of the moments of happiness in her adult life, marriage to a godly man, and seeing her children get married, are now overshadowed with sadness and despair. It is from the tragedy of losing her husband and sons that we learn of Naomi's embittered state of mind. As she is traveling back to her original home in Judah, she reveals to Orpah and Ruth that the Lord's hand has turned against me. And she tells them to go back to their original homes in Moab and not accompany her to Judah because 
My life is much too bitter for you to share. Naomi now prefers to be called Mara, which means bitter. Bitterness. She prefers that name now over her own name because that's how she feels. She's very bitter. If you look at Ruth 121, why don't you turn to that since you're probably hopefully there anyway. Go to Ruth chapter 1 verse 21. Ruth 121. It says, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has pronounced judgment on me and the Almighty has afflicted me? Naomi's pain runs deep. And this pain that you're seeing from her is not unlike anything that you haven't experienced. When you feel this way, you want to express it. When you feel bitter, empty, angry, it's what you want to say. It's what comes out of you. Her pain is real and profound. She lost her husband. She's lost her sons. It is a vivid expression of her emotional state. She believed that God had rejected her as she was still lamenting the loss of both of them, of all three of them. There are two different directions that you can go when you are in this state of mind. A person who is in despair can continue down the road of anger and self-pity. You know, woe is me. Why is this happening to me? And continue to convey that over and over again over time. Or you can take a path that's going to lead to your healing. Two paths. Which one would you choose? Consider this when you are speaking to a person who has undergone unspeakable tragedy. At times, the unspeakable tragedy requires nothing more than you being present, maybe just offering Nothing, no spoken words, and your comforting presence. Hugs, embraces, prayers of comfort. Now consider this. The moment we become a facsimile of Dr. Phil, amen, or some other caricature of a TV psychologist, that is the time when we are, frankly, at our worst in providing support for the other person. Now, why do I say that? Take a look at Proverbs chapter 12. 
Proverbs chapter 12. And I'll be reading verse 18, and it's going to be coming from the English Standard Version. But Scripture provides you wisdom all throughout its pages. Amen? Everyone paying attention, please say amen. 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 Scripture gives you wisdom. It says in Proverbs 12, 18, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. Amen. Sword thrusts are pretty extreme. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. The tongue of the wise brings healing. And sometimes that means not saying anything at all. When the time comes. Go over to James 1, 26. James chapter 1, verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious, this is again from the English Standard Version. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Now understand something. Be careful, believers. Having the title of Christian does not give you a license to say something silly. Like, well, you know, with all the tragedy that you've gone through, I guess it was God's will. Or maybe something is not right in your life. Heed the warning in Matthew chapter 7. Go to Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7. There's a warning here that's being given to us to make sure that you don't say something to someone that is completely inappropriate. And I wish I could say I've never heard these very things in moments where people are going through difficulty. I have heard them. But we need to be sensitive. We need to be humble. We need to have sensitivity when we are ministering to people who are hurting. It says in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5, this is from the Holman version. Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and look, there's a log in your eye? Hypocrite. First, take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, let's look at this for what it is and for the context it is. We are to clearly identify sin when it's called for in the proper moment. But it's always to be done with prayerful consideration and at the appropriate time. You don't pick a time when someone is grieving to talk about, well, look at how messed up your life is. Amen. The only appropriate time to do this is God's time. 
That's the only appropriate time. God's time. His timing is perfect when we are earnestly listening to the Spirit before we even open our mouths. Before you say one word. From everything we can see in this story in the book of Ruth, Naomi, in her state of despair, did not project her personal feelings onto Ruth. Ruth was right there with her. Ruth had experienced everything that Naomi had experienced. Ruth even lost her own husband. But Naomi showed Ruth a kind, gentle, and nurturing spirit. And she readily shared her wisdom and good advice to help out Ruth. Now, Ruth was a foreigner. Ruth was a Moabite. And yet, Ruth was able to adapt in the land in Jerusalem. Or, pardon me, Bethlehem. Naomi was hurt, and she knows that God allowed the hurt. But to her credit, she did not reject God through this hurt or reject God's wisdom. Now, look, everyone's going to have moments where you don't like what's happening. Amen? You don't like how life is going. You don't like the hand that you're being dealt. Does that mean you just throw everything out with it? Or do you now go back and understand what's happening, why it's happening, and you're being prayerful to God through the whole process? Everyone here who has been through some sort of tragedy or difficulty is here today because of one reason. It's God. It's Jesus Christ. And we have to remind ourselves of that sometimes. Naomi did not reject God or his wisdom. We are to credit Naomi as a person who relied upon godly wisdom and who spoke words of kindness to Ruth. Now, we just get this snapshot in the beginning that she's a bitter woman, probably depressed. And yet, she does not emote that to others around her. She spoke kind words to Ruth. Go to Proverbs 25, please. Let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at what it means to say kind words to other people. And you're saying kind words even when you don't feel your best. That's really important to keep in mind. You're not going to feel your best every day. There are going to be days when you feel like you don't want to go to work. You don't want to do anything. You just want to go and sit somewhere quietly. And yet, you still have an opportunity to minister to others you come in contact with. Proverbs 25:11, English Standard Version. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Amen. They're to be cherished. They're like a treasure. You don't know what kind words can do to uplift another person in a time of need. Remember we said how God's timing is perfect? 
you don't know how much you can make someone's day by just saying thank you. Or you did a fantastic job with that today. You don't know. And you may never know. But the other person knows. And they may tell you, thank you. You made my day. And when I hear those words, that makes my day. Amen? Because you know you're doing something. You are doing ministry. Even when you're not at your best, you are doing ministry. Ministry that shows the love of Jesus Christ in what you're doing. Go to Proverbs chapter 7. Flip back to Proverbs 7. Let's look at verse 4. Even when you're not at your best, even when you're going through difficulty, you really do need to remember how God provides wisdom and understanding in all things. Wisdom and understanding. It says in Proverbs 7, 4, Holman version this time, Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your relative. There's nothing closer than a relative in a family, amen? Wisdom and understanding needs to be right next to you, right with you. That's how important God's word is in your life because you want God's wisdom and understanding to come out in everything that you do. By showing Ruth godly wisdom and knowledge, Naomi showed herself To not just be bitter or upset, but now she's showing herself to be unselfish, loving, and caring. All of these things are godly attributes. Unselfishness, love, care. Those are godly attributes. She demonstrated a steadfastness and strength that can best be attributed to God being ever present in her life. How did she do that? Ever present in her life. Now before she said God brought her all kinds of judgment, bitterness, but she was able to turn that around. Was Naomi special in her ability to put aside bitterness? No, she wasn't that special. She was human just as we are. Amen? We're human beings just like Naomi. She certainly was feeling loss, no question, and despair for days, for weeks, and months at a time. Her key to recovery was choosing the correct path in response to her state of discouragement. She chose the right path. She chose the path of healing. She knew the direction to take because of her relationship with her husband. And she relied upon God to strengthen her, heal her, and deliver her through the pain. Now understand something. Healing, strengthening, deliverance can be a lifelong endeavor. Amen? 
Now, y'all know what I'm talking about. It may take the rest of your life to be healed and strengthened. But God promises he'll deliver you. She did not allow her personal feelings to completely overshadow her relationship with God. She chose to follow God, follow him, trust in him, and remain in fellowship with him. Otherwise, we would have seen a different response in Naomi's relationship with Ruth. We would have seen something completely different. We may have seen something closer to what Jonah did at the end. Where Jonah was angry, bitter, wanted to die. And didn't get the fact that God wanted the people of Nineveh to be saved. Missed all of that. Missed a blessing. That's what happens. You don't see the forest for the trees. He was called to go to teach and preach to Nineveh to rescue them from disaster. And his preaching did that. But he didn't see that. Didn't understand that. And came away from the experience bitter, angry, not really caring about or seeing what God had seen. Is that you as a believer in Jesus Christ? I mean, do you get hung up on details like so-and-so don't deserve that? That's not God speaking. God wants every person, Jew, Hindu, Muslim, to be saved. Amen? The name of Ruth, let's look at Ruth for a moment. The name of Ruth happens to mean companion or friend. Ruth was a relative of Naomi, but she certainly must have been a great friend. Ruth had been through a lot on her own, but she respected and admired Naomi and recognized her godly devotion. So much so that she implored Naomi to remain with her to Bethlehem. Naomi made a huge impact on Ruth. Go to Ruth chapter 1 real quick. Let's look at verses 16 and 17. We learn about Ruth's devotion to Naomi by her very words. Because Ruth saw something in Naomi. Even through her own tragedy. In verse 16, Ruth chapter 1, Holman Christian Center Bible, it says, But Ruth replied, Do not persuade me to leave you or go back and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. 
may Yahweh punish me and do so severely if anything but death separates you and me. What devotion. What a heart for wanting a relationship with someone. As far as Ruth was concerned, she and Naomi would be inseparable. Naomi was able to share her godly wisdom with Ruth and treat her as if she was her own child. She had the desire for Ruth to find a new husband once she returned to Bethlehem and was prayerful that she would do so. That's in Ruth 2, verses 19 and 20. In order for her to have concern for Ruth, she could not dwell on her own pain. Amen? If you got concern for someone else, that means you can't dwell on what's going on in your life. In the end, her reverence for God and her ability to nurture Ruth, Orpah, and others superseded her own feelings of hurt and despair. Sometimes the best thing that you can do when you're not at your best is just go out and do something. Go out and do something for someone else. Go out and tend to someone else. Don't just sit still in a chair somewhere and wallow in misery. Because, first of all, God would not have you to do that. God wants you about his business. His business is about reaching others for Jesus Christ. And sometimes we've got to take into account that sometimes doing his business, working on his behalf for Jesus Christ, means getting up and doing things when you don't necessarily feel like doing them. Because that's life in general. We have good days, we have bad days, and we have bad days. Amen? Sometimes you just have to get up and say, Lord, what would you have me do today? And not focus on how much you're hurting, but maybe help others through their hurt. Maybe help others through their pain. Listening to the Spirit speak to you. The Lord hasn't forgotten about you. He knows you're hurting. And you pray about that. But you stay focused now on doing other things for other people. Each of us can learn from Naomi. Naomi was far from perfect. But she was steadfast in her faith. She triumphed over tragedy. Triumphed over tragedy. She was victorious. Now, depending upon who you talk to, some people say, well, Naomi, she just had an attitude. You're missing the point. If you lose a husband and two sons, you're not going to feel so good. You can't expect her to be a robot. She expressed her bitterness, but she turned it around and took a path towards healing. She conquered bitterness by allowing God to move her 
to a better state of mind, a better place, a better way of thinking, a more complete way of thinking. Bitterness is the end result of anger and prolonged despair. There are two paths you can take in response to life's moments of difficulty. Which one will you choose? Will you continue down the road to nowhere? There is a road to nowhere. To experience more self-pity? Or will you take the better road? The high road? The right road? And seek the comfort of Jesus Christ. Ministry does not stop for you when you experience pain and hardship. Amen? It doesn't stop. It might slow down a little bit where you need to take a moment and think about where you are, but it's not going to stop. In fact... Ministry in your life, through your pain and tragedy, is just beginning. Think about that. Just beginning. Your life is a story waiting to be told to a person who needs your wisdom, your comfort, your knowledge. What you're going through is a story waiting to be told to someone else to help them to get through what you're going through. Do you see how God uses your pain, your difficulty, your stress, your anxiety? All those things come into play when you minister to other people who are going through the same thing. You can speak to them about how God delivered you through all of it. Amen? It's a story waiting to be told. You need to lead people to see the face and character of Jesus Christ when you speak from your experience. Tell your story. Tell people how you felt. Tell people what you're feeling. While doing so, call on the Lord, Jesus Christ, for strength, wisdom, and discernment, and continue to develop a heart for God that will, others will see in you. It's okay to move through the pain, but call on God for strength, wisdom, discernment, and encouragement. He's there for you to do that. Amen? All of this involves a humble heart. Amen? A humble heart. You've got to humble yourself to move out of your self-pity, self-loathing, whatever word you want to use. Anything that has to do with self, you don't like yourself, you don't feel good about yourself, your self-pity, why is this happening to me? In order for you to move out of that, you've got to humble yourself. Amen? A humble heart. Humble heart allows you to make the right choices. That's where it begins. 
Please turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. Verses 28 through 30. You notice that I've been going back and forth between the Holman Christian Standard Bible and the English Standard Version. I just love those two versions, the way they read. They both read in their own special way. So if you hear that going back and forth, that's just me doing those things because they hit me a certain way. But I want you to look at this the way it's said here, and it may be said the same way in the Holman Version, but here's the English Standard Version of Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God just wants you to come to him when you're going through a difficult time. Just come to him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The one thing that we need when tough is, stuff is really tough is a light burden, a lightening of our burden. Rest. Peace. That's what we need. Flip over to James chapter 5. James 5. Verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Is anyone among you suffering? Amen. Uh, Everyone in this room is suffering at one point or another. Amen? Amen. Is anyone among you suffering? That's a question. That's kind of a, a rhetorical question. It's a rhetorical question. Is anyone among you suffering? Some folks, nope. I ain't suffering. Well, for those individuals who have bazillions of dollars and big homes and fancy cars, maybe they are not suffering. (laughs) And you know what? They don't realize it. Amen? Because ultimately what it comes down to is a relationship with Jesus Christ. But for those of us here, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Amen? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Even in your pain, you can still be cheerful. How is that? It's because of Jesus Christ. Because on your own, you cannot do that. The Spirit has to show you where you've come from and where you are. You can be cheerful, but it's in Jesus Christ. Let him sing praise. Sing praise for what God has done for you. Amen? Jesus Christ will strengthen you. Jesus Christ will heal you. Jesus Christ will lift you. 
and you will exalt Jesus for everything that he has done for you. A humble heart allows God's presence to shine forth in your relationship with him and with other people. A humble heart. The book of Ruth shows how God orchestrates his will and his power in the lives of his people in preserving the genealogy of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's ultimately what the book speaks of. He readily works through those who remain faithful to him because he is faithful. Amen? God is faithful. Naomi was faithful. She is our example today of triumph over tragedy. Psalm 33 verse 4 says, For the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. There's nothing that God does not do that doesn't show his faithfulness for us. Nothing. Nothing is left out. Know that from Deuteronomy 7, 9, know that Yahweh, your God, is God, the faithful God who keeps his gracious covenant loyalty for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commands. Naomi was faithful through her pain, through her hurt. She remained faithful to God and she was a blessing because of that. Amen. Father, we thank you for the lessons that you teach us through your word. We thank you for the lessons in the book of Ruth. Thank you for the lesson that a person can indeed triumph over tragedy. Rejoice in the midst of suffering. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in giving us this understanding. Help us, Lord, as we go through those moments in our life where we just don't focus on how much we're hurting, but focus on how much we can give you that hurt and help us through a healing process. And we thank you, Lord, for the testimonies that we will have that we can share with others. Sometimes when we live life, we just have to get on living. And we want to get on living being mindful of you, your presence in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for never leaving us, never departing from us, always being present when we call upon you. And we thank you for helping us to navigate through life. And Lord, we thank you for being used to tell the story about how you've been gracious in our lives and relate that to others. And we give you praise and thanks for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.